hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. You know, every year there's new hotels that are opening up and new hotels being offered to various tour operators. And such is the case with the folks from Sunwing Vacations. So I thought it might be a good idea to invite them on and tell us more about them. There's five new hotels in all, so we'll get a review of those in a few minutes. And later on, we're going to talk about exploring Canada by train with Via Rail. I think it'd be a great way to see the country and meet some new friends along the way. But to begin our podcast, we're going to find out what a random holiday generator is. I've never heard of one before, but travel writer Jody Robbins wrote about it recently on her website, travelswithbaggage.com. Jody joins us now to explain it further. Hi, Jody. Hi, how's it going? Uh, I'm interested to find out what a random holiday generator is. So let's start there. Yeah, well, it's a bit more of an industry term, and I don't think you'll hear it coming into the... Uh, you know, general population anytime <laughs> soon. But basically, it's just how you can score a really great travel deal. And how you can do that is by being flexible. So there are online travel agencies, OTAs. That's mm-hmm. like your booking.com, your hotels.com. Mm-hmm. But then you've got these meta search engines. And they pull data from all of those places together. So a couple examples of those would be like a kayak, Um and Kayak and Explore both have, sorry, Kayak and Skyscanner both have these Explore type features. Mm-hmm. And so what it is, is you, for these uh, random holiday generators, you plug in your departure city and you plug in maybe your dates and your price range and it brings up deals for you. So if you're willing to be flexible on where you want to go, you can save a lot of money, which is, you know, important, I think. Exactly. You know, I I can hear all the travel agents listening right now going, no, (laughs) (laughs) just call a travel agent. We can do all that. And it's true. It's true. Travel agents are great. They're an excellent resource. Travel agents, for sure, go to them. They still definitely have their place. Um, (laughs) But if you have the time, to do all the research, because a travel agent's going to do all that research for you. Yeah. But if you have the time to put in, then you're going to save some money. Mm-hmm. And you know Enjoy what? It yourself. is kind of fun to do that, right? Just spend yeah, an hour or two and kind of go, people. okay, I want to go here, <laughs> da, 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 and you see all the places you can go, right? Well, I think what's unique about it is it brings up options that you wouldn't normally have thought of. Mm-hmm. So, for example, with a sun vacation, and especially if you're traveling with kids, does it really matter so much if you go to Mexico versus Cuba versus the Dominican Republic? Because those three countries are known for being, you know, cheap and cheerful. There mm-hmm. we are going to get the best travel deals. And kids, I had the stat is crazy. It's like over 90%. Um, the big deal with family travelers is they want a pool. And they <laughs> I was just going to say pool. that. <laughs> so, yeah, if that's the number one consideration. If you just want some sun, some guaranteed good weather and a nice pool, does it really matter what country or within this certain country, what region, what mm-hmm. resort you go to? It probably doesn't, and if it doesn't, then you can use one of these random holiday generators and save some cash. Yeah. Well, you also have some other tips, too, about, you know, saving cash, like a holiday uh, vacation jar or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's something I did um, when I lived in Japan. They had these uh, $5 coin, like mm-hmm. we have a toonie, yeah. and friends of mine would just, every time they got one of those coins, just, like, save it. And then, you know, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, you know, you can rack up, save hundreds of dollars. So. I mean, there's lots of more sophisticated ways you can save, but the end, at the end of the day, you know, travel is a luxury like other things. So it's all about the choices that you make. 
So one phrase that I like, and I'm reminded of constantly, is less stuff can equal more life. So if you if the travel is important to you, you just sort of need to prioritize it and pay yourself first and save like you would for anything else. But interestingly, I just read this survey um, by Alliance Global Assistance. They have an annual winter vacation mm-hmm. confidence index. Yep. Yeah, so this data is con- compiled by Ipsos, and they say, you know, 51% of Canadians won't be taking a winter vacation this year. Yeah. And the main reason, 66% of it, is don't have the budget for it, mm-hmm. um, which I think resonates with all of us. So it's just a matter of prioritizing, you know? Yeah. Um, and can you do it? And maybe you can't do it every year, and maybe it's close to home, and you're not jumping on a plane. But you still get, I think, the same benefits that travel provides. Yeah. And yeah, and travel is huge with happiness. You know, they say, you know, there's lots of studies have proven that experiences help you more with long lasting happiness than, you know, buying something. If you buy something, you get the quick jolt of happiness, but then it wears off very quickly. But if you have an experience, you've got the memories of it. But more importantly, you have something to look forward to. Yes, exactly. So it, it doesn't have to be looking forward to Hawaii. It could be looking forward to going to the Kananaskas mm-hmm. or going to Waterton Lakes National Park. Both had the same benefit. So travel doesn't always have to mean, you know, a lot of money and jumping on a plane. For sure. And you mentioned being flexible on where you go. Also, when you go is, is important too, isn't it? So that's huge. So the, there's two factors with when you go. It is one, off-season travel um, does two things. One, less people, so less crowds, which is a much more pleasant experience for most people. And less crowds means, um, you know, hotels and restaurants and attractions. They're fighting for your tourism dollar. So you're going to pay much less going off-peak. Uh, January, for example, is a great time to visit Vancouver Island. You can get a four-star hotel for approximately $100 in Vancouver Island. But, you know, good luck finding that in summer. Mm -hmm. So um, another great tip for off-peak travel is that week right immediately after U.S. Thanksgiving and that first week of December. So that's the Disneyland and Disney World are always quite busy, but that's actually the slowest time that they have all year. And hotel rates go down, and that's a really great time to travel there or even to places like Hawaii. So price your destinations in the U.S., consider that timing. Mm-hmm. Well, always great tips from you. Uh, the blog or article on your website, travelswithbaggage.com, is random holiday generator. Now I know what it is. And, <laughs> and other hacks to ensure that you get a break this winter. It's very important to get a break. Uh, thanks for your time, Jody. Always a pleasure. Yeah, ditto. Well, there's always new hotels opening up and new hotels being offered to tour operators. And such is the case with the folks from Sunwing Vacations. There's five new hotels in all for 2020. And here now to tell us more about them is Rachel Goldrick. She's from Sunwing. The website is sunwing.ca. Hi, Rachel. Hi there. We're going to talk about the hottest new resorts to visit in 2020. There's five in all. Let's just jump right in and go with the list here. The first one uh, on your blog, it says, Enjoy the VIP treatment at Planet Hollywood Beach Resort Cancun. This one isn't open yet, though, is it? It's opening soon, right? 
Yeah, it's opening really soon, within the next month or so, and it's highly anticipated because Planet Hollywood um, actually opened their first all-inclusive resort in the tropics in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. So this is the second addition to the all-inclusive vacation format, you know, within the tropics, and mm. this time they've chosen Cancun. So um, there's uh, obviously few better places than that to uh, to head for if you're looking for a tropical experience. The resort is located in the Costa Maharas district of Cancun, which is a really exclusive enclave. You find a lot of the five-star resorts up there. Um, and obviously everything that makes Planet Hollywood fun and exciting, uh, you're now going to be able to enjoy in uh, Cancun setting. Uh, things to look out for are the water slides. There's a slow rider, which is like the surf experience where you, um, you know, learn to uh, master the waves. Um, there's mini golf, uh, kids clubs. There's, um, there's lots of different dining experiences. And of course, you've got that whole um, Hollywood-inspired memorabilia that you'll know and, and like actual um, uh, actual sort of souvenirs, you know, from, uh, from mm. previous, like, you know, previous Hollywood productions that you'll find decorating the walls and so on. So a real sort of Hollywood flavor. And a first for this resort um, is they're introducing the Planet Hollywood adult scene, which doesn't exist in Costa Rica. Um, it's an adults-only resort within a resort. So it's, it's like a mini adults-only resort, but yeah. um, the guests that stay there are going to have access to all the facilities at the uh, the wider resort. So uh, I think that's definitely one to watch, um, and we're expecting it to be very popular when it opens. Mm-hmm. Well, it is kind of a unique thing, having an adult scene within, because it is a family resort, right? Absolutely. It's a family resort, but the adult scene is going to be um, an adults-only boutique-style experience for, obviously, you know, couples or yeah. friends traveling together. But they still got access to all the restaurants, amenities, attractions in the wider resort. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next one is relax in your own swim-out suite at a family club at... Grand Bavaro Princess. Uh, that says it all right yeah. there. Your own swim oh, out suite, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Grand Princess Resort um, just outside Cancun. Um, it's one that something's offered for a while and it's all so popular. So we're very excited about the family club at Grand Bavaro Princess that's um, soon to open within the next week, I believe. Um, uh, over in Punta Cana, we're expecting it to be um, very popular. And obviously, one nice thing about the resort is they have so many um, rooms with the out sweets, which is obviously great for families. Mm. Um, um, but on top of that, there's loads of other things. There's the pirate-themed splash pad, um, and there's uh, great restaurants, there's kids' clubs. And I think because, obviously, it is the family club, the rooms are designed with families in mind. You know, you've got triple bunk beds, so you've yeah. got great options for larger families. Um, and just, you know, day-to-night um, amenities and entertainment for guests of all ages. So, uh, great, uh, great option. And we're sure it's going to be really popular, as I say, uh, the, their resort in Cancun. It's such a great option for families. So, um, it's fabulous that they're spreading out. We've now got the same experience in Punta Cana really soon. And I think you're seeing more and more of that where... Uh... Uh, resorts are catering to larger families, the you know families yeah. of three children and four children, yeah, rather than the the package of yeah. you know two adults, two kids, the right? Two and two. 
Absolutely. And I think it's great that we are seeing, you know, more accommodation options and, you know, sort of more ways that larger families can take advantage of all inclusive vacation packages easily. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, great. Really, really pleased to see this as a new addition for 2020. Okay, so now the next one uh, in the jungle of, did I pronounce this Mm -hmm. right, Palmaya, Riviera Maya. I'm not familiar with this area. This is uh, more about the jungle. Yeah, absolutely. So once you do head south out of Cancun into the Riviera Maya, the whole coastline is bordered you know, by this lush this lush rainforest. And um, this resort is obviously borrowing from its natural surroundings and bringing the jungle into, you know, into the resort. So you have got, obviously, the beautiful Caribbean Sea on one side, but then you have got that wonderful tropical flora and fauna and those natural landscapes that have been integrated, you know, throughout the design of the resort. So I think this is probably more of a one for couples. It sounds like a very romantic setting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you've got, you know, lush gardens, uh, you've got infinity pools. There's an amazing outdoor spa. So um, definitely one for couples, honeymooners, um, and you know a really exciting option there mm-hmm. in the Caribbean, Mexico, just opening up. Uh, the Iberostar Grand Packard. This is in Havana. This is unusual, I think, for uh, Cuba and Havana, right? Mm, absolutely. It's a real interesting mix of um, super modern, super luxurious, and then obviously contrasted by the fabulous architecture of, you know, downtown Old Havana. So um, you, if you choose the Star Grand Packard, you're going to be staying in a resort that's, you know, sleek and modern. There's this amazing infinity pool that looks out um, over, you know, over the historic El Moro Fortress, which is just outside the old town. And then you're going to, you know, just descend, you know, go straight out of your hotel and, you know, wander through the cobblestone streets. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a real mix of the two. And again, I think this would be fabulous couples getaway, honeymoon, you know, romantic weekend. Um, it, it, yeah, it looks absolutely great. Yeah, well, you're, you don't have to travel very far to experience uh, old Havana then. You're right there. No, no, exactly. You're right there. And I think obviously, you know, sometimes um, it's quite popular to stay in Varadero and do Havana mm-hmm. as a day trip. But this is a great option for people that maybe are familiar with Varadero and want to actually stay in Havana itself for a little bit longer. So, yeah, great option. And, and Cuba has really stepped up its, uh, its program with uh, a lot of the resorts, haven't they? Absolutely. There's so much more to, you know, there's more to choose from resort amenities. And I think just, you know, the wealth of experiences and excursions. So there really is a lot to do. It's very much an evolving destination. And I think we are seeing this, um, you know, this type of development more and more in Havana as well, that it is becoming more of a place that tourists stay as opposed to just visit. Mm -hmm. So um, definitely, definitely worth a closer look. And last but not least, the uh, Barcelo (laughs) Maya Riviera. Tell me about that one now. Yeah, definitely not least. Um, again, um, this is more of a one for couples. This resort is actually adults only. It's the Barcelo Riviera Maya. Um, so we're back to Caribbean, Mexico. Uh, again, a lovely resort setting with the lush jungle on one side and the beautiful Azure Caribbean uh, Sea on the other. Um, so lovely private white sand beach, a fabulous horseshoe beach there. Um, and, uh, you know, great amenities. You're looking at 24-hour room service, um, some <laughs> fabulous restaurants. Um, some of the rooms come with private outdoor jacuzzis. Oh, nice. Um, and then you could even upgrade to the premium level for personalized concierge service, um, additional pampering, exclusive lounge access, and so on. So, you know, extensive port complex literally right there next to the beach. So um, I think this one's going to be really popular. Yeah. Yeah. 
beautiful. Well, they are the uh, the hottest new resorts to visit in 2020 on Sunwing's website, sunwing.ca. And Rachel Goldrick is with Sunwing. Uh, thanks for your input, Rachel. Thank you very much. No, you're welcome, and Happy New Year. Well, if you're looking to explore Canada a bit more this year, one way to do it would be taking a train across the countryside. I think it'd be a great way to see the country, meet some new friends along the way. So to tell us how is Ryan Rabutka. He's the Senior Manager of Sales and Marketing for Via Rail. The website is viarail.ca. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Randy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I love train travel. I think it's uh, one of the best ways to go, and I'm sure there's always a, a caveat in there, when you have some time, right? <laughs> do, do a lot of your uh, passengers and clients say the same kind of thing? Yeah, well, it's true. You know, it does take a little bit longer to get between uh, points A and B when you're taking the train, but in a lot of ways, that's really the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it kind of fits in with that uh, slow travel movement, and uh, it's a great way to uh, to see the countryside and uh, all of the beautiful um, areas that uh, we, we have in our backyard. You know, if you were to fly from Vancouver to Toronto, um, it's not too exciting, but when you get to see it from uh, from the train window and uh, inside the train, enjoy the atmosphere that we have on there. It's a, it's a pretty neat experience. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about that route, Vancouver to Toronto. It's known as the Canadian. How long has it been around? Well, the Canadian, I mean, in different kind of versions of it, I mean, it really is uh, following the route of the first uh, trans-Canadian uh, crossing back in the uh, late 1800s. But in regards to the Canadian today, uh, just uh, I think it was two or three years ago, it celebrated its 60th anniversary. And um, over kind of the history of the route, it's changed a little bit. Um, CP used to run the Canadian back in the day when they were uh, running passenger trains. Mm-hmm. And it used to run from Montreal and, and Toronto, and the two trains would connect in northern Ontario and then travel through um, the CP line, which would go through Winnipeg, Regina, Banff, and end up in Vancouver. So that would have been when they operated it. And CN back in the day had a competing service called the Supercontinental. And we basically follow that route today because we share the tracks with CN and not CP. So we uh, run a, a train that used to be called the Canadian by CP, on a CN line today. Um, So uh, that's kind of a bit of the history with that Mm. line. Okay, so now give me the the route, where it goes, and how long does it take? Yeah, so the trip now is a four-night trip uh, running between Toronto and Vancouver. And as I said, we follow the CN line. So what that means is if you're going westbound, we'll depart Toronto in the morning. Uh, We have uh, twice-weekly departures out of Toronto uh, year-round. And um, we'll travel uh, through northern Ontario into Winnipeg. From Winnipeg, uh, the the line goes into Saskatoon, Edmonton, and Jasper before arriving in uh, Vancouver uh, early in the morning following the fourth night. So we get into Vancouver at 8 in the morning, and it's four nights in either direction. And the nice thing about um, the the trip is every day you're really going to see something a bit different. So if you're coming, again, on the westbound direction, the first day is uh, leaving Toronto, the GTA, and then getting into northern Ontario and the Canadian Shield. Uh, the second day is a bit of the Canadian Shield before it gets into Winnipeg. Then the next day you're going to be traveling through the prairies, and then the last day through um, the Rockies and, and uh, the, the, the mountains of um, 
you know, in the Kamloops Blue River area mm-hmm. of British Columbia. So it's, it's, it's nice from that perspective to have the different scenery every day. And then uh, the fact that we do op- operate year-round, um, you know, if you travel in the summer, you get the extended daylight, so you get to see more of the scenery. If you travel in the winter, you don't have the daylight, but you get the beautiful winter scenery. If you're traveling in the fall, you get the fall foliage. So there's really something to see, um, and it's actually quite different depending on the season that you travel. Um, and the other thing is, too, with it being a four-night trip, and to your point earlier about it being a long time to to attend, to maybe to commit to a trip, um, you're certainly able to break that up. So if people just want to travel between Vancouver and Edmonton or Vancouver and Jasper, they can do that. If they want to travel between Edmonton and Toronto, they can do that or just in the prairie. So there's a lot of flexibility in regards to the schedule and where the train operates to be able to use it and fit and build any kind of itinerary. Mm-hmm. So how many actual trains are there? I mean, like how often does it run? Yeah, so what happens um, in the wintertime, we run two trains uh, weekly. So we depart Vancouver on Mondays and Fridays, and we're departing Toronto on Wednesdays and Sundays. When we move into the summer season, we add an extra departure between Vancouver and Edmonton. So there's extra service going through the Rocky Mountains. So during uh, the period from basically the 1st of May until Thanksgiving, There'll be three departures per week in the Rockies, but we still maintain those two long-distance trains between Vancouver and and Toronto. Mm -hmm. And so can you get on and get off if I wanted to spend a couple of days uh, in Edmonton, for example, and catch the next one on towards uh, Saskatoon, Winnipeg, and maybe get off in Winnipeg and finish my run in Toronto, maybe take 10 10 days or, or a couple of weeks? Can you do that? Yeah, definitely. So the way that our fare basis works right now, um, there is one free stopover allowed. So let's say if you wanted to do Vancouver to Edmonton um, and then carry on to Toronto, there wouldn't be an an additional charge for that type of an itinerary. If you were to throw in an extra stop in Winnipeg, there is a, a small additional surcharge for that. But it's definitely possible to get on and off as often as you want. And on the train, we have... Um, there's three classes of service. So we would have economy class, which is um, uh, regular coach seating with access to one of our dome cars. So you still have a chance to get up and move around the train. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next level above that would be called sleeper plus class. Sleeper plus class is broken down into a few different options. We have um, semi-private um, beds. So during the day, there wouldn't be any privacy. People could see where you're sitting. And at night when the beds are folded down, you would have a curtain that provides privacy. That's the entry-level price point into our Sleeper Plus class. And then in addition to that, we also have private cabins for two people or one person. So there's a few different options available in Sleeper Plus class. And a couple of years ago, it's actually going back now four or five years ago, we introduced a very high-end class called Prestige Class. So that might be like a bucket list kind of trip for people celebrating anniversaries, honeymoons, those types of things. Mm -hmm. But going back to your question about getting on and on on and off – In um, economy class, we have a rail pass. So that will allow you to buy so many, uh, basically, segments or trips. So uh, a trip would be maybe Vancouver to Jasper, and then another trip would be Jasper to Edmonton. So you would buy so many of those trips to use over a certain duration of time. And that's best suited to travel in economy class. But you can also buy those passes and use them to upgrade into Sleeper Plus class. So that would maybe be 
the best option for somebody who wants to really take their time and travel maybe from coast to coast. Yeah. Because not only do we have the Canadian running between Vancouver and Toronto, we also have another eastern long-haul service called the Ocean that connects Montreal and Halifax. So, you know, you could build this trip up where you're kind of skipping and hopping along the country over whether it's 10 days, maybe a month or two months, and really stitch together a, a really uh, impressive trip. Yeah, no, well, it would be an impressive trip, and what a way to see the country, hey? Yeah, and, you know, like I said, it's not just about the scenery, but it definitely is, uh, I think, what draws a lot of people to it. Um, but once people get on board the train, um, they realize that there's so much going on inside the train. And whether that's just the, the social aspect of the train, you get to meet people, you know, from around the country, from mm-hmm. around the world. Uh, you'll be in the dining car where we have chefs that prepare all of the food fresh. The menu changes every day. So not only are you enjoying the food, but you're enjoying the conversation and, and, and um, time with other travelers. So conversations that start in the dining car continue up in the dome car. Maybe you're going to have a drink, a glass of wine with them. Uh, in the summertime, we do things like wine tasting, beer tastings in our dome cars. We have musicians on board. So, um, you know, there's so much going on inside. It's kind of like you're a part of a moving community across the country. Mm-hmm. And then the cherry on top of the whole experience is the fact that you've got um, access to the, to the scenery that changes, as I said, on a daily basis. Yeah, no kidding. So what is included? I imagine there's different packages you can get if you wanted, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, like an all-inclusive where your meals and a, and a few beverages are included. Can you do that? Yeah, so going back to those three classes, economy, sleeper plus, and prestige class, Economy class, uh, you're paying for your seat. So anything in in addition to that, food and beverages, you're going to pay uh, once you're on board. Mm-hmm. Um, with Sleeper Plus class, all of your meals are included. Uh, coffee, tea, juice, uh, different snacks are available throughout the day. So that's included in your ticket price. The only additional expense when you're in Sleeper Plus class would be um, alcoholic beverages outside of the wine tastings and the beer tastings that we offer complimentary. And when you're traveling in prestige class, that's completely all-inclusive. So all the alcohol, um, there's an additional um, food component that's served before dinner each day on the train. There's an afternoon snack that's delivered to our prestige passengers' rooms. So it depends which class you're in. And definitely the most common class for people that are spending a couple of nights on the train is going to be Sleeper Plus. Mm. And as I said, that's pretty much all-inclusive minus any alcohol that uh, somebody would want to uh, to um, enjoy while they're traveling with us. Well, it would be a fantastic way to see the country. And like I say, or like you said, if you want to extend on uh, from Toronto into the Maritimes, you can do that. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I can't think of a better way to see the country. It's uh, obviously, it's the Canadian and then there's other aspects to uh, explore the rest of the country. You can find all the information on Via Rail's uh, website uh, via rail.ca and Ryan Robutka is the Senior Manager of Sales and Marketing for Via Rail. Uh, thanks, Ryan. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Randy. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.